I do remark that I know a bit about what I get that I don't know anything Hello and a very warm welcome back to the James Stevens podcast with me, Dan Cody. Tonight's podcast is sponsored by Langton's House Hotel. The Langton family have been great supporters of Kilkenny GA over the years and we would like to thank Eamon and Eddie for sponsoring today's podcast. You can visit Langton's online at www.langtonshousehotel.ie or at their wonderful hotel on John Street. Now on tonight's podcast, I am delighted to be joined by the one and only Joe Hennessy. Joe is the holder of three senior All-Ireland medals with Kilkenny, four National Hurling League medals, one Oireachtas medal, one Railway Cup, five All-Stars, three of which were secured at different positions, Smithwick's Hurler of the Year, two Club All-Irelands, three senior county medals, and then went on to win several singles and doubles All-Ireland handball titles. Joe, you're very welcome to the show, and it's an honour to be sitting across the table from you here in Larchfield. Thank you very much, Dan. Thank you, my friend. How are you keeping, Joe? Great, Dan. Thank you very much. Good stuff. All Thank you for the welcome. welcome. You're more than welcome, Joe. Joe, first of all, as you do with all our guests, I want to take you right back to your earliest memories of the James Stevens Club. Yeah, Dan, I go back to, we'll say, 1971, and um, I started out... As a young lad up in St Mary's, we were living in William Street, so the, the fair green area and the clash, that was our hunting ground that time. And there was underage hurling there, went up as far as under 14. So when I got to 15, then there was hardly any hurling at the time. So I remember being down, uh, going around the town one evening for, for a drive in the car. And my father, God be good to him, was driving away, myself, Kevin and Flor, uh, and, and we bumped into Georgie. And my father let down the window and he was talking away a bit of hurling to Georgie and, and he says to Georgie, Georgie, he said, I have, a, I have a couple of young lads here in the car, he says, and uh, he said, my wish would be, he says, that they that, that wear the red and green jersey, he says. And, and Georgie said, yeah, Paddy, he said, I'd love to have him. Excellent. And we moved on there to then and uh, went over to the park one Sunday morning. We were waiting for the farms to be signed and all this. And the village were playing... Dixborough in the Northern Minor Final. Uh, this was a, a draw match on the day. Paddy O'Brien got a great goal. He, he sold it up the pitch from the graveyard end with about two or three minutes left. Yes. And Dixborough were leading to be three points. But anyway, he kept on and he went up along past the half-back line, the middle of the field, half-hour line. The time was nearly up and anyway, he hit a rasper of a shot into the town end goal. Draw match. So in the replay... We giant, we were, the farmers were all in and we were ready to go. So we went on and won the replay and down to Thomastown to play Ballahale in the minor county final. Kevin was wing forward the same day. So I came in with a quarter of an hour to go and got an old goal in the point. But we won a minor county championship. So it's a great start and, and, and we had a great day out. And before we talk further about that, Joe, I just want to bring you back to your family. And you lost both your parents at the tender age of 17 like that must have had a massive effect on you and the rest of the family. It's a huge loss to a large family of six boys and two girls. It sure was, Dan. Yeah, yeah. My father uh, had cancer at the time. He had a lump on his chest now, the size of a hurling ball, and uh, unfortunately, he never, never recovered from that. But we had a sawmill down at on uh, down in James's back at the, the CBS uh, secondary school there, and we used to go in there every evening after school, and you got used to working and you know tipping around like that. We had, we had great times, but. It was a hammer blow when it happened. Now, Leo was only about 12 when my father and mother died. And mother, unfortunately, then three months to the day after she died. She was only 49, you know. It was a, it was a hard blow. But when you're in the situation, you don't really realise maybe how bad it is because you have to go to work next week, you have to go to school. Yeah. But you, like there was loads of other families probably in the same place. But we worked, we worked, we worked hard and we hurled. And sport was great to us. Yeah, and your father... Obviously, had a huge influence in you because I remember you telling me before about the Sundays and the Hennessy family where the scut truck was loaded and you headed off to matches all day Sunday. Yeah, you did, John. And you know, like you get in all the matches you could. There'd be a match before dinner, right? You'd be going to the park. You come home and have a bit of dinner. Then you'd be out to Freshford. There could be two matches out there. You come back and have your tea. There could be a match in Thomastown that evening. 
and that's the way it went for weeks and the, the whole year ago that way and he'd go for a game of cards in the CYMS that night that was his joy and he had great time we had great times yeah the people didn't have a whole lot but no one had a whole lot so there was no one any better off than anyone else but for sport and work and on those matches Joe as a young lad what players back then when you were travelling to these games stuck in your mind and what teams did you love going to see well you know Bennis Bridge were the kings in my town I saw the end of Munkine I saw Claus Dunn God rest him hitting 310 in the park one day in a county semi-final and losing by a pint and Ed Quinn telling me when he came off the pitch some one of his own supporters giving out to him for, for missing the free to make a draw of the match but in a 60 minute game he scored 310 and I was delighted I witnessed that it was unbelievable. I saw the end of Tullerone, and they were brilliant. But when I saw the end of them, I saw the end of Airogue. But Bennisbridge came, and they had the hurlers they had was unbelievable. From Lean Clear on goal to Shamey Clear and all these. Noel Skane was wing forward at the time. Johnny McGovern, Sam Carroll. Yeah. What a hurler Sam Carroll was. It's absolutely fantastic. I say, Joe, your father would have been a very proud man loading up the scut truck with you not on it, but instead bringing the rest of the lads to see you hurl. Yeah, look, he was a, look, an absolute fanatic. I know there was a, there was a game in Nolan Park one Sunday morning between the CBS and Kieran's. Huge crowd at it. And when we came out, just the, the, there could have been 60 or 70 young lads on the truck. All looking mad for it, and now we'll drive home. Yeah. They wouldn't have to walk home, but you'd have to get them down off it. But it was that free kind of a, you know, you could do anything you like that time. Those lads up on the roof and everything. Great times. Great times, Great absolutely. Times. Great Simple times. times. Simple times, yes. Very good. So underage then, Joe, we'll come back up to that uh, 1971 final, beating Valley Hale in the final. As you said, Kevin was on it. Tell me about it. Where did you train for the likes of that? Or Yeah, actually, would believe that the back of the village inn, there was a field there, Kelly's Field, and Georgie was training at that time. There was a light outside now where the band room is, still is. Yeah. And he worked off of that light there. The light was shining in on the field. So we trained there. There was a couple of horses there as well. I ran into one of them one night <laughs> in, in training. But look, what, it was simple but great. And, and, and the passion that the man Georgie had for that team, it was unreal, you know. Very good. And w- w- you then went on and you won a minor with Kilkenny in 1973, which must have been huge. And I know you want to talk as well about unique family, the O'Briens, who have a multitude of minor medals with Kilkenny. Yeah, you know, that the, the dad now, Shawnee, McNary used to say to me, Jed, he was a great horror, Shawnee O'Brien. You know, he was absolutely brilliant. But he won a minor all Ireland, I think, around 1950 or that. But his sons then came on, Paddy. He won a minor then, a corner back in 72. And Shawnee won his first minor. He was centre forward, wing forward that time, against Cork. And uh, he won another one then in 73. I was lucky enough to be on that one. And... Uh, Vinnie came on then and he won one. So there was six minor All-Ireland medals came out with, the, said, the one household in, 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 in Fikers Place, which was unbelievable. But after winning that minor county final then, uh, the, the village had the, the, the pick then of the minor captain and Brian Cody went on and won, won the All-Ireland against Cork. And I can remember still to this day his late father, Bill, crossing the field from the Cusick stand side coming across to the Hogan stand and uh, to see Brian Kellett in the cup. Now, Brian was hurling on Jimmy Barry Murphy that day and they were to clash again later on under 21 in the senior finals of 82 and 3 and all that time. Yeah. It was unbelievable times, you know. Incredible. And then he, they met again in the 99 All-Ireland and as managers. And did Shawnee score, was it four goals and one of the minor finals? Shawnee scored four goals and a pint in, 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 in that final and his late mother, would you believe it, she had him on a pound a goal. So he was the first professional hurler. Absolutely, in, in and and a fifty bob or ten bob. It was the, the red ten bob note. Yeah. For for a pint, so he scored four goals in a pint that day. Incredible. He styled himself kind of on Georgie Best, a leather jacket, <laughs> half shaven. But he was a, he was a he was a brilliant underage hurler. Yeah. He was when he was eighteen, he had the strength of a twenty-one year old. You know what I mean? But he was a great hurler, decent guy. Went off to London then, and then he worked over there. His brother Jimmy went earlier, and Shawnee went over, and unfortunately, he died a young man. Yeah, that's unfortunately. Sad. Sorry, I mentioned I should have mentioned uh, his brother Josie there now as well. Yeah, Josie won a senior county final against in a stag in '77. Very good. Great so horror as well. Won, he won a minor All Ireland as well. Very good. And then Joe, you went on to play in three under twenty one All Irelands. You won 
1975 and 1977. Tell me about how you found out in 1975 you were going to be playing that match. Yeah, I don't know. So probably a late comer onto that, maybe only a month before the, the, the actual final now, uh, I was brought onto the panel. That was when we were over training and everything. But that morning, we, we met down in the parade. The team was meeting down at the parade and we were heading on to Dungarvan. So uh, halfway down along, anyway, about a, a half an hour drive, uh, and Georgie came down to the end, end of the bus and he sat in beside me and he just said, he said, Joe, how would you, how would you feel, he said, if you were playing today? Just Georgie, I said, I'd love it. That's okay, he said. He went back up. Mick O'Neill had sent him down. Mick O'Neill was chairman of the county board. So when we got to come into Dungarvan that morning, there was a sea of red and white and black and amber. I'd never seen nothing like the crowds. It was the atmosphere now was unbelievable that day. So anyway, look at I got lucky enough I was picked. And it was a highest scoring game. There probably seven or eight off of both teams went on and played senior hurling for Carton and Kilkenny and one senior all Ireland's. Very good. So when the final whistle went we just happened to be ahead. Yeah. And they won the match. But on the way home in the bus, Georgie comes back down again. He said, Well done and whatever, whatever. He said, You give the right answer, he says when I came down. Because I said you know, I was sent down to see how would you, and if you had to hesitate, he said, the lads would have been wondering, would the occasion get you? You're only a young lad, and you give the right answer, and I'm sure it worked out grand. Yeah. That was it. Very good. <laughs> so then you moved on, Joe, and you burst onto the village senior team, winning a senior county final in 1975 in your first senior year. What do you remember of that game and that year? Yeah, we beat uh, Galmai in the final. Yeah, um, There was kind of a surprise packet to get to the final because Johnstone were very, very strong at the time and their neighbours anyway broke through. But look, we won the final because I know it was a miserable old day beyond, but we had a, a great victory and the lads had won the 69 final. But the, the victories were scarce yeah. for the village before the 69 final. And here, here was a young lad coming on, first year, bang, county final. It was unbelievable. And all the horrors that went before and all the years they gave to it. But we were lucky that the, the, the things had changed in, in Kilkenny, the county board, where we were getting five or six matches now. But before the teams previously, they go down to Thomastown playing whoever they were playing in the stake or something, they bit in the first round or whatever, gone for the year. Yeah. So were, things were improving a bit now. But Very good. Yeah. And, and again, Georgie was involved, and Georgie was involved with under 21, Georgie involved in minor in 71. Will you tell me a bit about Georgie? How did he get the best out of lads? Yeah, his passion for the game, Dan, and he was unbelievable. He was a man, he put, he, just, he put the hurl and he put the village club before the family. And I always wonder, did the man ever go to Tramore or did he ever go? He was all hurling, hurling, hurling with Georgie and his passion for the game. But he wanted to win fair. Yeah. Georgie wouldn't take a, a, a pint, that, a ball that was wide and he want a, a pint for it. Georgie wouldn't want that. But I saw the honesty in him. I saw the passion. I saw the drive. Yeah, and, and you'd have to respond to that, you know. You'd he'd get the best. You'd, you'd just listen to the man talking, and you'd go out and you do your best. Yeah, which was great. And there's a good story you told me about Georgie and a certain lawnmower happened to be fixed. Yes, and and it happened. You know, it was a time before the Ring Road, and and, and there was money was scarce. There was very little in it. the club had very little money that time. But if lawnmower had to be fixed, and the late Dick Kine, remember him saying. Georgie saying to him, there's something wrong with it. He said, bring it over. He said, I'm over in Fitry Mall. He says, I'll fix that for you. And Georgie pulled up on his shoulder, down through Fecro's Place, down the Castle Road, down Rosin Street, up Madeline Street, and up to the Fitry Mall, which is over where Flower Power is now. Yeah. And Dick, God rest him, done what he had to do with the lawn. Or Georgie turned it back up on the shoulder and back to Fecro's Place. <laughs> that's incredible. Now, for a man to, you know, yeah. that's the type of man. It wasn't just looking after a team, but... He was looking after the pitch as well. And I said there was many a time that Morty was propping the shoulder as well and propping to the bedroom. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a good one, Morty. Uh, will you tell me about George's father, Jack? A wonderful man, a very humble man. I, I'm delighted to have known that he's an unbelievable man. He worked in the mental hospital and he used to sometime lived on the night shift there. But he'd often come back before he'd go home for the breakfast. Now he'd call into Larfield. And before the houses were built in, in Pinewood Avenue and all there, up along the left-hand side, You'd be there's a ditch there, and you'd, you'd be losing a couple of hurling balls with training. Well, Jack, God rest him, we go up along there now, and he'd be searching, give a half an hour an hour trying to find a few hurling balls to save the club a few ball. Yeah. And every time you'd play a match, whether it was Nolan Park, Bally Ragged, Freshford, Jack would be there with the holy water bottle, and you wouldn't be going out on the field, and you'd bless yourself. He Very was, good. I was a wonderful, wonderful man. I was I'm delighted to have 
known him as the lads. Very good. Uh, Joe, we move on to the following year, and you won the Club All Ireland in 1976 against a star studded Black Rock team, and you gave a man of the match performance in the final. I'm just going to give a quote here from Paddy Downey, who wrote in the Irish Times the following day. Only rarely can it be said that the heroic efforts of one player fashioned victory for a side in any team game. Joe Hennessy filled that role yesterday. Tell me, Joe, about the whole day. Yeah, it was, it was like I said, yeah, it's a tourist stand. The weather was absolutely brutal now. It was on uh, Patrick's Day. Nine times out of ten, Patrick's Day would be. You get all kinds of sleet, rain. So we had it all that particular day. And uh, Blackrock were after winning maybe two Club All-Irelands and had five or six of the Cork team. Our own Franks Cummins was with him. They were fairly experienced. And after 10 or 11 minutes, they were 2-2 two, two to a point up. They got, a, they got a great start. So eventually we got into it anyway, slowly but surely. And uh, with about a quarter of an hour to go, we got a free and, and Chunky, we were two pints down. And I said, if he takes a pint here now, we're getting on top, there'll be only a pint in it. And this is what kind of separated Chunky from most lads. He went for it and got a goal. Right. We're a pint up now and we were on a roll and she says we were driving it and we weren't going to lose it from there on, you know. So it was a fantastic occasion. Just when the final whistle went, it was unbelievable. And into the dressing room, the whole uh, I just like to wish Chunky well. He's not well at the minute, we'll say. He's only in the house. The lads are looking after him. And on behalf of the club, just like to wish him well. Fair play, Joe. Fair play. And that particular day, then, Joe, obviously, did you go on a bus? Did you go on cars? Did you, what way? You came back to the club and it was a big celebration? Or? Yeah, we went in cars and after the game, the club had put on a meal in Hayes' Hotel. Right. We went in there for the bit of grub and, and back then to the Larkfield here and the crowd that was around it. Oh, it was, the, the, it was unbelievable the, 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 the crack that was there that night, the singing and dancing and all through the night. It was, you couldn't buy it. And to be the first team in, we'd say, outside of Munster. The Tipperary crowd won at Kill McDonough's, I think. Yeah. They won the first one. Blackrock won one or two. Glen Rovers won one. Finbars won one. And we were the first outside of Munster to win it. So it was, it was brilliant. And like I mentioned that Blackrock were stars to the team. But when you look at our team, it was incredible. And did it have to be that good, Joe, to win that? At that stage, to win a club all earned, you had to have that level of inter players. It did. I mean, you had the likes of, the likes of, the likes of Dinia and Tom McCormack. Tom had drove down from, he was stationed in maybe Galway that time. Then he came down from Mullingar and, and Diane Morrissey and all those lads. And, and they came down for the football as well. Very good. You know, it didn't, didn't matter what was on, hurling or football, the lads came down. Yeah. But the, they had the pass, the matches, we probably won it out there in the training and all that. You know, the passion and drive for it. Yeah. You know, it was, it was great. Very good, very good. And Joe, unfortunately, the following morning then, when everybody was celebrating and getting up out of bed, Terrible sadness came down in the club when news broke that a village supporter, Pauli Costello, had been killed in a car accident. Oh, yeah, yeah. look, it, it killed the whole... We were after having a wonderful day out. The night time, we left here at three and four in the morning, and the next day it broke. Look at this man. How can I say? He, he left his house the Sunday morning to go off and show for the village club. Terrible and, you know, nice. he went home that night. Unfortunately, if he had, it, if he had stayed maybe overnight... Things could have been different, but the wheel of fortune, the wheel of life. Yeah. It, it, oh. it was an awful tragedy, and you know. Terrible, terrible. We, we, we still think of them, we never forget. Yeah. And, and the parish priest around that time was a, a Father Lean Barn who you became great friends with? Yeah, Father Lean Barn. Danny was a great character and an estate man, and when he came into the village here, he'd thrown his heart and soul into the village, and everyone was mad about him. Yeah. You know, he came up here, he was here every night of the week, he followed the senior teams under 12, 14s, and everything. He was one of the lads. But he was a great character. Yeah, a great hurling man. Oh, he was for Kilkenny. He'd go to Belfast to see Kilkenny play. Yeah. Oh, he would. Oh, great man. Great man. Now, I'm going to bring you back, Joe. I'm going to hop back a little bit to the 1969 county final. You were 13 years of age, and you didn't get to the final. Now, knowing you a few years, I want to know, were you grounded at home that day, or was it something else that happened? Yeah, something else. And I tell you, I was playing for the CBS in an under... Well, under 14 match, we were playing Callan CBS, rather than something. Anyway... A rotten day down in Thomastown. I went to go block a chap. He was a big, strong lump for that. I know I missed the block. I hit his hurl. Anyway, I got a ball into the eye. And just, there was no... I was in big trouble. So Tommy O'Brien, God rest him, he was over the old school team. And whoever dropped us off in the minibus had gone away. 
So he had to walk back up the hill, phone box, ring for an ambulance. And eventually anyway, we got back down to our keen. And there was a man there looked after me. I'll never forget his name, Dr. Brown. So that looked after me there for a good few days. And he said, I tell you, next Friday, he said, I'll be able to tell you which way it's going to go. Are you going to have it or lose it, whatever. Yeah. So every day that passed, you were waiting. And when the next thing Friday morning came, somebody could hear the nurse say, Dr. Brown is coming. And I said, my fate is in his hands. So he came along anyway and he said, young Hennis, he said, I have good news for you. And I was absolutely, no, there were no helmets that time. Yeah. But they were, they were starting to come in, but I used to sweat and under the old helmets, so I didn't bother with them, you know. Amazing, the fine line, Joe. The fine line, but I, I got lucky and I got over that, and the boys won the county final and uh, I missed that, and, you know. Yeah. But I knew all the lads in it, and I knew most of them, as the lads said. And, and going back to them, you mentioned to me before that the full forward line of Ned Byrne, Georgie and Sox, you reckon was as good a full forward line you ever saw to play club hurling for scoring goals? Yeah, I'd say there, was, there wasn't a better full forward line in the village in all my time. They were all great, and I've taken that from any of them. Yeah. But those three were goal scorers. And one is good at one at banging two, and the other banging. And, and Sox was a great small man, and he captained the 69 team. He was a great hurler. Georgie was a great hurler. And goals win matches. And Ned Byrne played in All-Ireland, won in All-Ireland, and... 72. Yeah. And it was the, the three of those together on their day now. If the club, I always wonder if the club all Ireland had started two years earlier, in 69 instead of 71, that team had the, had the firepower to win the club all Ireland. But it just happened. Yeah. It didn't start till 71. Very good. And we both have a great friend that was involved that day in 69, who we meet when we travel to all the Kenny matches, is uh, Jimmy Hoodland. Jimmy, the bold Jimmy, yeah. Jimmy yeah. was down from Emma Street and he was always, t- he rang, he actually rang the other day, we were having a great chat and he still talks about the night, the night that Georgie and Billy Cody came knocking on the door and asked him would he like to hurl for the village. He's never forgetting, he's never forgetting for him. Yeah. The, ch- the chance they gave, the respect they had for him and he had for them was unbe- unbelievable and he loves the village club. It's a pity that he's so far away in Galway. He comes down to the semi-finals and finals and he's ringing, how is this lad going and that lad going and have we anyone on the team and everything. But he's as passionate as ever. And, and, would, and would still lead you astray. He would. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So anyway, Joe, we just go on now to your major Kenny senior championship debut under Father Tommy Marr. What are your members of memories of Father Tommy and getting called up to Kilkenny senior ranks? Yeah, I got a call up um, the night or two after the club all Ireland against against Black Rock and Paddy Grace got us and he, he rang me there and said, Look, you're on the panel for next Sunday, Kilkenny are playing Dublin in Crow Park and Jesus was thrilled. Yeah. You know, so we were up training and my first night's training was up in the college and I was hitting back the balls to the lads. You, you ran, you ran from William Street or to Nolan. Oh yes, I hadn't hadn't far to it was actually it was up in the college this night, so oh, I, I hadn't far yeah. to go. Yeah. But um you know, Eddie Kerr, Pat Henderson, all the lads were there. So just look, I'm going over to Langton's and sitting down and having a meal among them lads. I was embarrassed when I was a young lad. Yeah. But, but delighted to be in among them. Yeah, thrilled. Thrilled to be in among them, yeah. So you came on sub in the 76 Leinster final. You cemented your place then for 77, lost to Wexford. 78, lost the final to Cork. Did you wonder when you were going to get the taste of senior success with you, Kenny? I did, Dan, because I tell you, I came on at the end of a glorious run from for, for Kilkenny Hurling. I mean, the 69 team, Kilkenny 69 beat Cork, the 71 should have beat Tipperary. Lane, you know, scored 5-14 and lost by a goal. 5-14 yeah. to 5-17. 72 or 8 points down at time and beat Cork by 7. 73, the few of the lads were injured. Chunky got injured at the throw-in. Limerick won the final and not taken that in front. They deserved it. 74, they had a all and they destroyed Limerick. 75, they beat an up-and-coming Galway team. So it was starting to... That team could have won a final now. Yeah. So I came on and said in 76. And you would wonder, you know, 76 would pass, 77 would pass, 78 got beaten in the final. And I remember a man hurled corner back from Cork, Jimmy Bruin, and he, he hurled for 12 years. He came on after Cork winning in 54 and he hurled... 65 and Cork won in 66 and he was a brilliant corner back to say but he was unlucky you know the way that well we had a bit of luck then in 79 and we won that one and when 78 when you lost that night Joe I know none of us unless you were there can experience it what is it like in a loser's dressing room oh sure look it's just it's unbelievable and some people say you have to lose one to win one we don't believe in that they're all there to be won and, yeah. and, and, and the Cork were an experienced team now they had won 76 and 7 so they had the experience of two and the drive for another one. 
Yeah. But we had chances on the day as well. We could have maybe taken it. But no, they were, on the day, they were the better teams. So. Okay. But then came a glorious run for you with three All-Irelands in five years and another county final win, a club All-Ireland and another man of the match display in the club final against Mount Sign. That must have been incredible three or four years. It was unbelievable. And you know, when you get that taste of victory, you couldn't get enough of it. And the matches can't come for you. You're never tired when you're winning. Yeah. And all the lads, and I mean that, that club all Ireland, you know, we had a huge disappointment of losing the Leinster final to Cam Ross. We lost by a pint of up in Carlow one day. Now, Cam Ross were good, but we got a chance to draw it. But we didn't take it. And I went up to see the final with Cam Ross and Glenn Rovers in Torres. Cam Ross weren't too far off a winner. I have no doubt if had we been in the final, we would have won the final, and that, that hurt. That hurt. But when we got another chance, we got back up to Torres again against Mount Sign. And Mount Sign had a few county lads as well, Jim Green, John Galvin, and all those. They were a right good team. Terry Spooley Butler was, or one of our own, was playing. He was living in Martyrford, and he was playing with Mount Sign. Now, they were very, very good. Yeah. And uh, John McCormack scored three goals on the day. Got Billy Wanton scored about 10 points, got rest and but it was a famous win. And that was Billy's 21st birthday party that day. It was, and he played yeah. great on the day, and, and the team had to play great. You know, it was, it was unbelievable stuff. And we, we were struggling a bit coming into that year now. Liam Turtle was a selector, and McLatty, God rest him, was a selector, and Georgie was the manager. And the lads arranged a, a, a challenging match with, with Glen Rovers down in Cork. The, you know, they were, they wanted to get a good game, wanted to see where we were. Yeah, and we went down to play Glen Rovers, and yeah, it was it was a tough, dirty, dirty match enough now. And uh, Leo, Leo was holding on Christy Ring's son, Christy Christy Junior, and and he pulled Christy Young that pulled an old dirty stroke across Leo broke a hole at him, and if he did, Leo dropped him with a box. <laughs> and you know, and all hell broke loose. Yeah, the, the game was abandoned. But Liam Turrell said after when we won the club all Ireland, he said that day belonged Glen Rovers. Uh, brought the spirit out in the village. Everyone got stuck into the row and we took off from there and we won the, another club all Ireland. Very good, excellent. So back to Kilkenny again for a sec, Joe, on 79, 82, and 83. Give us an insight into hurling with Kilkenny back then, the difference between Father Marr and Pat Henderson. Your Father Marr was there a good while with Kilkenny at the time and he was a great technician. You know, I mean, he, they all said he was about 15, 20 years ahead of himself. He was, he was thinking on hurling. He was a great brain. He was ahead of ahead of, ahead of time. Yeah. Pat Henderson came on then, and he came on as a sub in the 78 all in. Pat played in 10 All-Ireland finals. But the passion he had for the, and when he got that job, he, I mean, you go through the wall for Pat Henderson. Now, I, I, I'd say that. And, and was Fan a selector one of those? It was a fan, fan was a selector in 82. In 82. Yeah. And, and so you won the double-double in 82 and 83, won the double-double in 82 and 83. But the fire and the, and the, and the brimstone that Pat Henderson brought to that. Incredible. You know, and someone says to him, uh, coming into the 82 final, Cork had beaten Waterford by 39 points in one third in the Munster final, that that team wouldn't be beaten. But to set to Pat Henderson, I think the Monday night before, the, uh, the, no, the press night, and someone said to Pat Henderson, look, the Cork have five subs there as good as the lads that are on the team. You know, what chance have you? He said, but sure, they can only play 15 at, at a given time. <laughs> But he wasn't worried about He respected Cork. Yeah. But they'd never forget the dressing room that day before we went out. Just the lads would go through it. They were fired up. It was the most atmosphere. I'd never seen anything like that. Very good. You know, and, and they were determined and got a good start. Yeah. Do you know? Most important. Yeah, Christy banged in a few goals. And, and then Brian was captain with Kilkenny in 1982. That must have been extra special to be on a team and to watch one of your club mates go up and pick up the Liam McCarthy. In- incredible. He, he, he captained, this, like I said, the minor team and, and, and uh, the under-21. He didn't captain the under-21 team, but he, he, we beat Cork down there in, in Dungarvan. But uh, to see the first uh, city man to captain a, a winning Kilkenny team, it was absolutely unreal. Yeah. And after coming off and winning the club all around the world, then we were on a roll now. I mean, it was... To keep you going for years and years after you're never to win that again. Yeah. This was it. Incredible. It was in- oh, incredible. Brilliant times. So you retired then in nineteen eighty nine. Tell me how you came to that decision and you can also mention to me you described to me before that Hurling for Kilkenny is like going onto a conveyor belt. Yeah, um like I've played cornerback, midfield, uh, wing back and I loved all that. And, and into the last year I was shoved up my say wing forward and I remember we were playing Watford in the park and I went out for a ball and got it. And just for a second 
I felt like nearly hitting it because you're so used to coming out and hitting it. But I had to turn now, we'll say, and at 37, I found it strange. I, I was nearly lost above in it. Yeah. So, ah, look, if there comes a time, well, you don't shove you out of there for yeah. no reason either, you know. Yeah. Like, but, like, when I started out, when I got that call from Paddy Grace that night, I was a young lad coming in. But thinking back, someone else fell off of that conveyor belt for me to come on. Yeah. So as time moves on and the years moves on, you're moving up that conveyor belt. And no one's to yourself, you're moving on in age, and there's new lads coming in. And when I was finishing up, another young lad was coming in, a young lad by the name of DJ Cairn. The rest is history. And did you share his restaurant with we DJ? We did. We were playing off the above in Tullamore one day, and that was the start of his and the end of me. Incredible. <laughs> and he was probably looking at you as, well. here's my, here's yeah, my right, hero now. There you go. There, yeah, you go. there you go. So you continued to hurl with the club then until 1992, until the age of 37. Was it hard to stop again? Yeah, we were playing football down in, in Mullen, the Vat, one night in a, in, a, in a county championship match. And I used to be laughing at the boys now when they tell me they had groin strains and <laughs> hamstrings. And yeah, they was laughing at me. I said, yeah, they're gone soft. But this fellow was coming in with the ball anyway, and he was cornerback. I thought he was going to go to my left, and he went to the right. And I went to go this way, and I said, oh, my God, a tear came. Yeah. And I, I couldn't believe it. I was able to walk for days and days after that. Jeez. So I was up to 37 and 8, so it's time to, it's time to yeah. say goodnight. And did you retire yourself or did Breeder retire you? I know, don't know, don't know whether <laughs> that was, the lad said. You went on then and you played Masters, three Masters, all Ireland's with Kenny. You captained one of the years and you did a three in a row from 97 to 99. And looking back, Joe, at the teams, there there were some characters in that team, characters, Marty Kennedy, Dick Welsh, Bobby Shore, a good friend of yours, and our own chairman, Paddy Nari. And you said you captained a great final against Wexford down New Ross. Yeah, I, when we went down to New Ross, now this is our second, we had beaten Tipperary the previous year, and we went down to New Ross one Saturday, Eddie Carroll was over the team, and I just, we were in the dressing room, and we just couldn't believe the crowd that was coming into the match. Just incredible. Yeah. They were there from all parts of Kilkenny and to all Wexford. They reckoned there was now 4,000 and, and, and over 40s match. It was unbelievable. Yeah. Was like, Billy Byrne was playing full forward for Wexford. They were very good. But it was unbelievable, and, and, and look, at we won the match with great old celebrations. And Bobby Shore, I have to mention him, what a hurler, what a goalkeeper he was. And unluckily for him, Kilkenny always had great goalkeepers. The Noel Gaines, Ollie Welch's, Nick Moore, PJ Ryan's, Kevin Fenn, he's all of them. But Bobby Shore was absolutely brilliant hurler. Yeah. Won the club all Ireland with, with Muckalee. 1984. Yeah, the, the centenary. Yeah. He was absolutely brilliant. Very good. You love the football, Joe, and you won senior, four senior club medals under the care of PJ Flukey O'Neill and Jim Mulvin. Tell me about Flukey and Jim. I believe oh, this yeah. guy was some character. Yeah, PJ, he was an incredible man. He was a decent man, and some people would tell you he was a decent man with Des Hero's money, in a funny kind <laughs> yeah. of a way. In a funny, but he, got, he was over the village team. We won a couple of championships with him. And he'd have you believe that you'd beat you'd be, you'd be the Vincent's football team, who were the kingpins at the time. So we won the championship here, and we were up to, going up to me to, me to play Essentials Town and uh, Jack O'Shea was training Essentials Town at the time we ran him to within a pint and that was after winning the club all Ireland hurling now but the Tom and like I go back to Tom and Dini McConward there the, the strength and the height and the bravery and the you know we had a great team there was a great football team in its own sense now yeah. but PJ was a great character and he had a son around at the minute another PJ Junior and he's downtown now along with Martin Carmelli and Kevin Dwyer and they're helping out the homeless three village men and he, did, he has his father's bit of decency there as well, looking after the less well-off. Very good. Yeah. And Fluky, did he drive you to, for Kilkenny to matches as well? He did. He, he drove. He used to drive us. I drive home because the boys had a few drinks. But he drove us to uh, uh, Tulla. We were playing. It wasn't Ennis that time now. Tulla yeah. in the county there. But we passed through Freshford this Sunday morning. Maybe a little bit late. Couldn't get fan out of the bed having his shave, as the lad said. <laughs> and anyway, he was speeding. And didn't he kill a dog? No dog came out through a ditch and he flattened him. And the squad car came and sure. Jesse said, PJ let down the window. Don't any say anything now, he said. And then he said, I wonder can this lad row? <laughs> At that time you could have a guard shifted. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? And he wanted to know where we were going. I said, We're going to we're going to Tulla to play the match. And Mick Crossy is in the back and he was trying to don't be too hard on us, Chunky O'Brien there. I he said Slow down now, he said, or you won't get there, but drive on anyway, sure. Great <laughs> that lad, was man. it. <laughs> great lad. 
Now, Joe, before we move on from that here, uh, you want to talk uh, about a good friend of yours who was also killed in a car accident in 1992, uh, Andy Egan. You have very fond memories of Andy. Yeah, everyone in the parish loved Andy. He was a hard-working man. He had a small little old truck like myself, and he was doing bits and jobs, and he was busy, and everyone loved him, and he was a fierce, determined man, and a great hurler, uh, fearless hurler, we'll say, and, and he hurled on Sylvie Ann over Nolan Park, Kenny, or the village versus Gart. And, and they lettered one another and they went down to my brother's pub in John Street after the match and they had a few beers and sang a few songs. Yeah. And we went on anyway and he was on the team that beat Mount Sign. But unfortunately, it was a Saturday evening and he, had a, he was in a car. The lads came out with the Wires pub, which is Christie's now, and they were going out to the Molar Garment. And he had been a crash there. Unfortunately, he lost... He was in a terrible state. So I went out to the hospital to see him that night, and I knew by his brothers that things weren't good. And the next morning, the poor man passed away. It was a terrible blow to his family. Terrible. And young Shane was only a... Oh, sorry. <laughs> All right, Joe, take your time. Get a drink of water there, John. Yeah. Anyway. His young lad, Shane, anyway, was only a kid at the time. And um, he went on then to win a club all with the lads against St. Mary's of Attenroy. And um, delighted for Shane, he became a wonderful tradesman, a great um, plumber. And I know Andy would have been so proud. Well said, Joe. Well said. Well said. Um, Moving away from your hurling now, we're going to go to the small ball, the smaller ball again. You then started to play handball, and only for COVID, I'm sure you'd still be playing handball. You established a long playing partnership with Johnny Brennan from Muckley, winning eight All-Ireland doubles titles and a singles title. Um, tell me about the handball, Joe, and yeah, um, was, it a big, was it a good substitute for the hurling? Was it a good fix for you? It was, Dan, because I was thinking... Am I going to go? I didn't want to punch two stone weight, and I was wondering what would I do yeah. after finishing the, the, the over 40s hurling and all that. And I was driving around around to Kenny, and I saw someone, and it triggered something with me. Jesus, I think I'll take back because I played handball up to 17, but when I met the Kenny Minor team, it was time to, we'd say, move on. So I left the handball there. So I just, I said, I'd go back and kick it around, and you know, I met a character over there, Willie Pratt. God rest him now. He died lately there, and we, we've had a few games beyond. Great crack. But I got a call one night from Johnny Brennan, and I hurled against him, hurled Martin, and Johnny rang one night, and he said, look, he said, I'm looking for someone in the park. Would you mind? He said, said, Johnny, if I'm any good to you now, I said, I hadn't played handball for whatever, 20 years or whatever. Or Jesus, he said, look, sir, we'll go off and we'll enjoy it. And on we went anyway, and sure, we had great times, and we won all Ireland's, and we were never beaten in the final. We were playing in eight all Ireland's now, and the standard would be fairly good. Yeah. And Johnny was a brilliant handballer. Look, at, he was the man, and he, his, his skill was unbelievable. But he, he captained the Muckley team that won the club all, the centenary all Ireland. But a wonderful, a wonderful man. L- lovely man. Yeah, absolutely. Man. And during the middle of all this, Joe, you suddenly got caught for your diagnosed with, with uh, cancer, and... That must have been a, a huge blow at the time. It, it was, and, you know, it hits you. And I didn't dwell too much on about it, even though you'd hear about it. Just if you mentioned the word cancer, people, they, yeah. you know, they'd be hiding or they'd be this or that. And that. I didn't. I said, I am where I am. What am I going to do to get over this? So you'd go off and get your blood. St- you get next thing, you have to go here and you have to go there. I ended up, there was a, I met a wonderful man down, a cork man, uh, down in Arcane. And he told me, what, for the next 12 months, you're going to be busy. We have to do this and we have to do that. And I got through it. And I was determined. I went walking when I used to come home. If I was tired, I'd go to bed. I'd lay down. And then I'd go up and I'd have a mug of tea. And I'd go off the, the ring road. And I used to bump into people. And they'd tell me after they didn't know me. I lost the hair. And I probably found that little bit of weight and everything. But I was determined. I went out in the red. I'd bring the umbrella if it rained. I, was, I walked the streets. Yeah. Went off on the ring road. I kept walking around the fresh air. I kept going. And eventually I came out of it. And then, look, you have to do what you have to do. And I, I'm as good as ever now, or bowled as ever. Or right, so that's, that's one short thing. There's a good story as well about um, that 
one of those handball finals the same year where you were diagnosed and you were waiting for your operation. You played an All-Ireland doubles final with Johnny and I remember you telling me you had to put a, a different type of ball in the sling for the <laughs> final. <laughs> I did. Well, I tell you, Dan, I shouldn't have played in it, but hindsight is great, but you couldn't tell me then. I wanted to play in the final. I didn't want to let down Johnny. I didn't want to let myself down. Yeah. I said to Johnny before I went down to the court, look, I said, if you can get the ball, I do think you can get it, come and meet it. Well, I got through it. There was no problem. I got through it again, but you, don't, you didn't know beforehand. But we got through it anyway, and we won the whole final. And you won. Yeah. 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 There's, there's also a good story that uh, I encountered with Georgie up in his house. You were there. About this, about this uh, oh, yeah. uh, ball, as we call it. Um, I called up to Georgie most Friday afternoons when he was sick. And one particular day I called in and I re-answered the door and I knew by her that he was in bowel humour in there, Georgie. And I went in and the smoke was bellowing around the room. And all I got was the, the point of the finger to sit down and eventually your name came up and we were chatting away. And I said, yes, Joe is down the river, Georgie, and he has his foot in the river. And he's uh, trying to get the currents to work around the cold water and the stream to fix his ankle. Next to Georgie piped up and caused Rita, Rita... If Joe had to do that with his two Leroy, he might still have them. <laughs> <laughs> and sure, poor Rita said, Sean, will you leave Joe alone? But that was Georgie. Yeah. That was Georgie. That was Georgie, yeah. yeah, he was brilliant. And Joe, going on from that, Joe, did the illness change your view in life and the way you wanted to live, or did you just carry on as normal but, would, but appreciate everything far I, more? I really, really appreciate it because when I was lying in the old bed down and I stayed a couple of nights in Arkeen, and I, I was thinking, you know, Will I come out with this? I'd love to come out with this. And you do anything to, you do anything to get out of it. When you're knocking on heaven's, heaven's door, you're, you're thinking and thinking and thinking, just what will happen? Yeah. And, I, you know, you're, you're, you really, really appreciate it. And I said, I'd love to get back to where I was. And I did. Were you a religious man? Yes. Yeah. I'm no shame in Absolutely. I said a few prayers. Absolutely. I, I believe know. there's another day. I believe we'll meet again. I have no doubt in saying that, and I have no problem with anyone saying otherwise, but I believe. Very good. Uh, we move on that from Joe, and then you suddenly started becoming involved again as a selector with James Stevens. You went through on all roles from senior right through to underage. You've been involved in our last three championship winning teams at under 13, under 15, and minor that we've won since 2012. I know from working you, Joe, with you, Joe, that the young lads love your enthusiasm, your energy, and the crack and the relaxation that you bring to the training sessions into the matches. Will you tell me what you get from it all? Well, I, I was a young lad. I was in their shoes, and I was I was given the chance by the men who over the team, the Jordy and all the other lads. I was given a chance to play for the village and move on, and maybe lucky enough to play for Kilkenny. So I'm giving that back to our own lads. When I pick up a programme, and you've been, been to loads of matches, when we go to see Kilkenny playing, you open the programme, you see someone on the minor team or on the minor panel. You don't even have to be on the team. You'd love to see one of your own. So I'm trying to help one of our own, our own lads, to get up to Croke Park. But to win the championship with the village, to wear the red and green jersey. I loved putting on the red and green jersey. Absolutely loved it. Whether it was a hurling or a football match, I loved the village jersey. Excellent. Good answer. <laughs> now there's one final I'm going to bring up, Joe. You've won so many finals, but there was one final you were involved in, and I know from talking to you over the years, it was stomach-wrenching for you. It was the 1998 relegation final against Clara, and you were a senior selector. Tell me about the call, that special call that you got from Bill Cody that week. Yeah, Dan, the relegation, the great thing when I told you earlier about when the hurling changed from the one-game knockout to the five and six matches, and, and it made up all the teams in Kilkenny, and it rose all the the standards of Hurling in Kilkenny. And the great thing about it was, whoever won the Intermediate Championship, as you know, you go up a notch, but someone had to go, some team had to go down. Yeah. And this particular year, I was a selector, and Paddy was manager. And we, unfortunately, we lost a couple of the early matches, and we found ourselves in a relegation final with Clara. And we were training outside, and I, was, I tell you the truth, I didn't sleep for three weeks. The torment, the worry was, was I going to bring the lads down? God could be good to Bill Cody, who was chairman at the time, and he rang me, and he was worried, and he was right to be worried. And I was concerned, and he just really confirmed it to me. But yes, I said, lads, we better win this match. And luckily, lucky enough, 
uh, we beat Clare on the day. But I got the, they got the frightened there because were you, were you going to be part of bringing the lads down? Have the seniors since back in whenever. And I, did, I didn't want to be part of to be remembered forever for bringing this, the lads down to intermediate. You've probably answered this question, but on the day itself, was it the most pressurised final you were ever involved in? Oh, absolutely, you know. But, I mean, you, you know, playing Clare, you're there in your crust. You're there in your crust again, any club team in Kilkenny. But I tell you, I really cherish that victory, yeah. Yeah, very good. Well done. So as stated earlier, Joe, you've been involved in our last three county final underage wins. Were you surprised that you were moved on to different grades after the under-13 and under-15 wins? I was. Uh, honestly, Dan, I'm, I'm not going to deny or tell you a lie. Uh, um, There's a given here over the years, we'll say that, if you had a little bit of success or you won a championship, you'd, you'd be offered, would you, would you like to stay on and maybe try and win it, stick another one with it? Yeah. But when we played the Borough out in Venice Bridge, it was a great game. And the match ended in a draw. A little bit of controversy coming near the end of it. But the match ended up as a draw and the replay was a... But when we came back to the club, someone says to me, Jay, you're gone for next year. I said, what? Anybody says, you're gone for next... Well, I said, listen, don't mention that to anyone, I said, because I want these young lads to win the replay. I don't want to take anything from their chances of winning. So I said, don't mention it and forget about it. Let's go and win this match. So the replay was on down in Gordon the following week and we got Brian to talk to the young lads and he spoke to the young lads down in Gordon that night Friday night before the match and he spoke to them like he was talking to the Kenny team going out to play Tipperary and all there and I told the lads don't any you speak the selectors don't any you speak when this man has finished his talk I want the young lads to be thinking of what he said and bring it to Gordon with him, with him tomorrow so it was a fantastic match 4-10 the Dicks were 413 tower lights. What a game of hurling it was. And it was brilliant. The scenes on the pitch after the match. Look, it was absolutely fantastic. Great days. Yeah, and when it came around to the following year, it was proved right. We were moved on. And I was surprised and disappointed. But look at we got over that and the next team, somewhat Leo, because Leo said to me, Look, he said under fifteen is available. He said, There's no one has their name in for it. I said, put me name down for that. We'll go for that. So we rounded up a few of the lads anyway. We went on. And we got to the final against Ballycallan. They had a crack team. Mako's young lad was playing. They were a great team now. They were favourites. Yeah. They were calling them the dream. And the dream. And they were a great team. And we lost young Ed McDermott the previous week against uh, Lachlan's out in Palmerston. We lost them that day. One of our best forwards. So we're under pressure now. But anyway, I said, lads, they were going to the Leinster Council County Board. Look, I said, he He's not playing. He's been sent off. It's over. For, don't mention it again. We'll try and win this final. And it turns out it was a great game of hurling. Our lads played great now. You had to play great to win it. And they did. And we won it. And then after a while, someone said, yeah, you're not breaking up that set up now again. I was surprised with that after yeah. the 13s. And all the lads were disappointed. So, look, we moved on. And someone said, the minor team is available. No one is looking for it. I said, look, put, put my name down for that. And we moved on. And I had to round up a few of the boys. Some went to the under-13s. We had Leo and Noel Morrissey stayed. And I said, what are we going to do? So I rang Tom Latty. I said, there's a man now with a backbone. Great bit of stuff. And I asked him, and he said he'd come. He's out there now, and he's talking to the young lads, the very same as the father. We have a lovely set-up. You're up there watching the training yourself. Yeah. The young lads are happy. We're doing our best for them, and they're all happy. But we were disappointed. I'm not going to hide that, but we move on. Well, I'd yeah. always see Joe when they're training. They're coming off the field. They're all laughing and having the gallery together, the young lads, which means they're enjoying it. They're enjoying it, and, yeah. and, and they're all turning up. We have a, They all turn up. No one has missed a nice training, bar one young lad was sick. Yeah. So we'll do our best for them, and we'll enjoy it, and they'll enjoy it. Very good. But as Les said, we can't do anything about uh, it's in other people's hands, and so be it. So be it. Okay, very good. You you served as well as a Kilkenny minor selector uh, along with Brother Damien, and you were successful in winning Ireland in 2003. Yeah, I was at home one night, and the phone call came in, and the, the Miss Breda said to me, yeah, but there's a Brother Damien. I knew him well. I mean, he was a hurling man, a Callan teacher out in Callan, and he was an unbelievable man. He had won in All-Ireland the previous year as a selector. Kilkenny beat Tipperary in the minor. And uh, I got a call, and he said, look, he said, I 
and just give me a call. He said, I'd love to have you. He said, as a minor selector, and I'm going to give you a night to think about it. Brother, I don't need a night to think about it. I'm delighted you rang. I'll absolutely love to work with you. Great. And he was a wonderful, wonderful man. And, uh, you know, he gave up his life to be as a Christian brother for the better of everyone else. He got more lads, jobs, hurlers, camogie players. He looked after them. He gave his life so other people could better themselves. Yeah. But he won the final that we beat Galway be a pint in the All Ireland. Um Charles Patrick won a ball just at the death and he passed it to Richie Power and he hit it over the bar. And and it was delighted for him. It was a so great day. Unfortunately then he fell into bad health there. Yeah. A year or two ago, there, and he lost his life. But he was wonderful. One, I'm delighted to have worked with him. A wonderful man. You made a sprint that day, Joe, after the minor final down along the Hogan stand. I was, uh, yeah. I was sure you were only a call yeah. into the senior team the same day. <laughs> yeah, I did, look at the victories. Then we, we all, you're such a point that uh, you have your share of vic- uh, losses and you're hurt and hurt. But when you get that little county final win or a Kilkenny's win in All Ireland, Jesus, I mean the thrill that's in it. Money can't buy that. Yeah, money can't buy it. Very good. And while you were there then with Brother Damon, obviously your brother Eamon was involved with the supporters club in Kilkenny. He was a great hurling man and went everywhere and you have yeah. a great story to tell about Yeah, Eamon, in America. Look at he was a fanatic on, on hurling too. Look I look he was a seven night week. I w- I was couldn't get enough of it either. But this man went it was unbelievable the passion he had for the game. But he used to go to the trips out to America when we'd have to look enough to win an all Ireland was an old trip and he'd go out. Yeah, and Langton to go with him. They made a holiday out of it. But there was one year, I think it was 79, and he came to me and said, listen, so-and-so lost his money. He was gone on him. And what are we going to do? And I said, how many of us on the path? How many is here between the selectors? He said, about 30. But I said, there's $50, I said. Try and round up 50 off everyone else, and he'll have 1500 And don't mention me. I don't want to know his name. Don't say anything to anyone. And hand the money to the man. So he did. Yeah, and Langton himself. Went around, gathered up the money, handed the chap. I don't know who he was. Yeah. And so it didn't spoil his holiday. So Very I good. think the supporters club then started from there because John Knox was there as well. He was out uh, for the Kikenny people. But uh, himself and the two Amons then, I think, got together and gr- it grew from there, really. Yeah. That, that little incident, yeah. Very good. Yeah. Good. We're going to go to a little bit of banter now, Joe. And I know you have some great stories before we finish up. Um, I'm going to start off with himself, Fan, and I believe there was a football match played in Nolan Park where you thought it was basketball. Yeah, there was a, there was a famous match. In the, I think we were playing Muckley in the county semi-final. And, uh, you know, Fan got a ball around a little bit between the midfield and, and he was playing centre-forward. And he was heading for the goal. But the centre-back was sh- shoving him out to the, to the left a bit. And he was heading down to the graveyard end. And I was coming along beside him and I was, you know, give it. Nothing happening, and we're going along to the 21. And I said, Give it, still nothing happening. We're going on another bit now. I was getting 14 yard line, and he was going on another bit. And Jimmy got about two steps from then line. He gave it to me. Well, what was I going to do with it there over at the corner flag? Give it back to him. I said, Man, kick it wide yourself. <laughs> Very good. <laughs> there, there's another story of fan, and I was there present to watch that. I think Brian Cody was there, and Liam Turl was there as well. And it was when Fan came back from Rome after Eileen's wedding and he came into training in Larchfield. Yeah, we were watching the boys uh, training that night and he had come in along. And he, had, he was dressed to the nines now. He, he always dressed very well. He had a new pair of shoes on him. and He, he was quite enough on the night. But there was about 12 or 13 of the boys around anyway. And one of the boys said, Well, Fan, were you on the holidays? I was. Yeah, another one. And then, where'd you go, Fan? <laughs> oh... I went to Rome. Uh, one of the, another one. Did you go to the Vatican, fan? I did. Did you see the Pope, fan? I did. Were you talking to him? One of the boys said. I was, he said. And I got in. What did he say to you, fan? Oh, he said, um, he said he is still passing the ball out to Joey by his list. <laughs> Very good. <laughs> <laughs> There's another one, Joe. Did you really hit Jim Moore in the Muckley in a football match over in Nolan Park? I did. I, got, I, I tell you, I got lucky now. Look, we were playing him in a, in a football semi-final and Mick Moore w- w- was full back. I was corner back. And so just coming up to half time, look at There was an old scramble for a ball and I felt this boot coming around the back of my ear and I said, yes, it, that, you know, that could have been... There were no effort in it to try and see it off. But anyway, look at 
I was down, I came up and I hit Jim and look at I was lucky that I came near half time. But Jim would have bet me with one hand. Yeah. But uh, look at he was a he was a fierce strong, great centre back with Muckalee hurling and football. But I got lucky that day. I know he'd have bet me like so I got lucky. Yeah. They were, talking, they were big men. They were big men. Big men. It was another night out there down on the pitch and we played them in the I don't know what it was if a Sunday night we were playing a, a playing them in a tournament or something. And Leo was middle of the field and he and he struck John Jim's more he struck John Moore on that night. Uh, uh, no, I said we're in trouble here. <laughs> because lucky but lucky enough, John was a big strong man as well. I think John didn't feel it, but Leo was lucky that night. <laughs> yeah. Um you got sent off, I think, once in your career with the bowl Sylvie up in in a railway cup match. Yeah, we were playing uh, the Leinster and, and, and Connacht. We were playing in, in Ballinasloe and Sylvie was right half and I was midfield and we clashed anyway for the ball and all went in and we were clattering and clattering. The ball was going nowhere but we ended up littering one another with ours. Yeah. And Jesus, like that, he dropped his one, I dropped my one and bang, bang. Now, I only got one box in because I heard after he was at Connacht junior champion or something. I got three or four but I did get one good one in. Yeah. But look, he was a great hurler. It was an absolutely great horror. And because you were sent off then and it was Railway Cup, does that mean that you're, you were gone back then in being considered for an officer? Oh, yeah, to, to, it was all over, yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Absolutely. I remember Mick Cloney Brennan now won an All Star one year. And, and when it was announced, he, he got sent off, uh, say, a week after it had been announced. He wasn't even allowed to go up and collect the trophy. Oh. Yeah. He, someone, one of the boys brought it home to him. Yeah. But you wouldn't have been allowed into the. Into the Sure, that night. Unreal. Yeah, that happened, yes. Yeah. You, you have stories as well to tell me about it at Jimmy O'Brien from Figures Place, and it's not our former chairman or current register. This guy was a goalkeeper, I believe. Yeah, he was a great... Jimmy Jimmy was an absolute... Probably the greatest character ever ever came out of the village. But there was one night, I don't know, Mick Moore must have been injured, but we were playing an old tournament match above in, above in Dura, and Jimmy was on the goal. And, and he saved the ball. This lad hit a ball from about 10 yards out of Rasperf. And Jimmy caught it. Yeah. He was well able to hurl. He was a great goalkeeper. And yet he passed it. He hand passed it back out to your man. He said, "Them to have another goal." <laughs> he was a great character. There was another morning we were playing Dixborough in the park, and we were winning fairly well coming up to the just before the match finished. And Jenny, the tr- you could hear the train coming in. And Jimmy turned to me and he said, "Yeah, Joe, I have to go." I said, "Where are you going, Jimmy?" Oh, he said, "I have to go to the station." He said, <laughs> "To click the girlfriend." <laughs> but he was walking off the pitch, and poor Bobby Madigan got be good to him. Said, "Jimmy, what are you doing?" He says, look up at the scoreboard, he says, you don't need me now, he says. <laughs> very good. Um, Joe, there's a question to ask you, and I know we're all very proud of him, but what Brian Cody has done for Kilkenny in the last 22 years as a, as a manager of Kilkenny's senior hurling team and as a village man, it's just incredible, isn't it? Well, look, I haven't the words to describe the greatness of the man, but I'll come back to his management in a minute. I want to talk to you about Brian Cody, the hurler. Yeah. And when he was 14, he was up there at the top goal. And when the village were training that time, he'd be hitting back the hurling ball to him like I was down in the college with the greats of the Glenny team. But he got the taste of it and he got in among them. And he, and, and he, and he was, if there was a, a man missing, he might slip in corner back in that. But he went on and he won the minor all Ireland, like we said previously, there against Cork. And he got the taste of it. Now, McNary. God be good to him always used to say about the old horrors. He'd be telling me how great they were and this and that. But he'd always say how you judge him was, who did they hurl on? Now, Brian Cody hurled on Jimmy Barry Murphy, a minor hurler. And he met him under 21 in Dungarvan. And he was the biggest probably name in hurling at the time as a 19, 20, 21-year-old. Fantastic hurler. He came on the senior then, and Brian Cody got the better of Tony Dorn, the best probably forward ever to come out of Wexford. Ray Combs, superstar, hurling and football. Joe McKenna, six all-stars. Brian Cody got the better of them most of the time. Yeah. And that's why he had to that's why he had to compete with now. He come back then to the Kilkenny hurling and he'd be hurling on Pat Delaney at Johnstown. Or I remember a night in the park we were playing, I was seventeen, and it was the village tournament. And the village in Johnstown were in their prime at the time. And Brian Cody was nineteen and he was marking he, Pat Delaney, God rest him, and he was in his prime. He was 25 or 6. You want to see the pulling there, and a young lad of 19 to go up and catch the ball. And they will never, ever forget his bravery and his hurling ability. And they feel the ball. Was there a better fielder of a ball, Jerry Henderson, 
was there a better field of evolved than Brent Cody all the way up along you know and he had his disappointment too he won four others but between 73 73 4 and 5 and he came on then and we played full forward in the 78 all Ireland and he was let down the following year for the 79 but I remember when we came back on the back of the brewery bus we came around the, the parade down by the up by the heart bar and I looked up and this man was clapping and he was saying well done and to Brian Cody and I turned to Chunky Brian one of the lads and I said says, I said I'm embarrassed I says this great man I says here we are and he's better than most of the lads who are up on the up on the trailer yeah. but when we won the the final then of say he got a 70, 81 county final yeah. he was he had a drive in him now he had a passion and a drive and that's what drove him on that, that disappointment there when he got the chance to captain the Kilkenny team he took that and he trained and he trained that was his, probably his greatest victory for Kilkenny on the field of play now where he came from you know you're let down yeah. and you come back up and you're on the floor and he was on the floor and he came back up well, that was his hurling career but to come on then and to manage the Kilkenny team to do what he done like this Kilkenny team was, I mean Manchester United or any of those wouldn't compare they'd kill you here if we got a bad run now they wouldn't be happy but to win at Leven All-Ireland titles nine national leagues 16 Leinster championships it was unbelievable you wouldn't I haven't the words to describe it yeah. but you see he came from a great home and he had all the great qualities that his father had he had that drive the passion the decency respect but above all now a, a word I don't use too often and if a man don't have it he'll get nowhere and bring Cody had it a humble would be the word and that got gotten true but he's the greatest hurling manager the greatest village between the hurling and the managing and everything He's the greatest village man of all time and the greatest hurling manager of all time, hurling or football, had them all in, you know. He had Sean Bynan, was with me for 23 years. You know, how many managers have Brian Cody seen out from Jimmy Barry Murphy and all the lads up along? And here he has the same passion. We're going out now to play Antrim on Sunday and he has the same drive, same commitment, no weaning, no coming down, the same savage Will to win, get the best. Of, and he always gave the young lads an old start. Yeah. He always gave the kids an old run, you know. So, look, at, I am absolutely delighted to have hurled with him as a young lad and all the way up along. And I'll back him when they get through a bad patch and they'll be saying this thing and that thing. But I'll back him till the day I die. And I make no apologies for that. Lovely touch, Joe. Well said. Um, I'm going to finish up now, Joe, with three quick fire questions. Oh, Lord. And I gave you a couple of days to think about this one, anyway. The hardest player you ever marked, be it club or county? I'd go for, God rest him now, Pat Carroll of Offaly. He, had a, he was a bundle of energy, he had a drive and a passion for him. And you'd be playing wing back and he'd be all over the middle of the field. And yet I'd go for Pat Carroll of Offaly, yeah. God rest him, yeah. Yeah. And the best hurler you've ever seen? Yeah, Dan, I was thinking about that now. And there's lads that are nip and touch and there's not much between this lad and that lad and the other thing. And I came down to a man, a Johnstown man, JJ Delaney. And what separated him a little bit from the rest? And you and me were at these games. Everyone knows what he's done with Kilkenny and all the rest. But for seven or eight years, he kept Johnstown in the senior championship. I won't say single-handedly. Yeah. But if he wasn't there, they would have been relegated every year when they, when they, when, when they got the bad run. But J.J. Delaney, the, the hurling he done for Johnstown to keep Johnstown in the senior championship, I think that's what's made him my decision to fall down with, with, with JJ Delaney. Great choice, Joe. Great choice. And last question for you then, Joe, is what's your favourite stadium that you've played in? Torres. Torres. Yeah, absolutely. Because the crowd are down, the atmosphere. I've spent a couple of Munster finals. We won two club all Irons in it. And it was made for a hurler. You know, I mean, the passion and the drive. And you'd be playing Tipperary in a league match up there. It was great. Yeah. And when Clare came in the 70s, and the crowd that they brought to Torres, Clare and Cork in Torles, the day that the money was robbed. There was 61,000 in it. It's unbelievable. Jeez. I remember being on the bank where the, the newsstand is now 
and there was hundreds, a couple of thousand people down that could not get up to see the match. Yeah. It was un- unreal. But Turles would be number Turles one. Turles number yeah. one. Yes. Very good. And then finally, Joe, what is your hope for the village for the future? Well, Dan, it's a great question. I'm delighted you asked it. Everything I do, say, involved in a team, and every day, and we talk about with myself and Leo, and I say, I'm 65. I'd love to see the village win another Club All Ireland. And everything I do, I'm looking at young lads, I'm looking at the lads that are not too young, and I say, with this lad, can we keep him here? Can we get him a job? Will they stay around? And that's if I could see the village win another, we have three, it's great. Yeah, but yes, if we could get another one, I'd be the happiest man in Ireland. You wouldn't be. You'd want another one again. You, that's <laughs> the, that's that's human nature. Yeah, but we have to get the next one first. Exactly. But yeah. I would. I'd love to see the lads win a club all Ireland again. Yeah. Very good, yeah. Joe. Thanks very much for giving me the privilege of doing this podcast with you. I know your family for years, Brida, Mark, Mary, James, and Claire. They're all very proud of you of what you've achieved in life, both on and off the field. Your brothers and sisters are also very proud of you, and the whole of James Stevens are very proud to say. Joe Hennessy is one of our own. Dan, thank you very much. I really, really uh, enjoy this. Very good, Thank Joe. you. Pleasure is all mine. Thanks again for joining us in the James Stevens podcast. You can get in touch with us on jamesstevenspodcast at gmail.com. On next week's show, Tommy Lanigan is joined by Mick Moore and Jimmy O'Brien for another trip down memory lane. Thanks again to the Langton family for sponsoring tonight's podcast. You can visit Langton's on www.langtonshousehotel.ie or in John Street at their famous bar and restaurant.